Hi, it's Tony Nash with Plugged and Unplanned again. And today I have Jane Mara, author and researcher, expert on entrepreneurship and, and business. And she has a new book called Think Like an Entrepreneur, The Mindset of Success. And I look forward now over the next hour to spend time with Jane and ask her about what she's learned, what she knows. Welcome. Thank you, Tony. It's wonderful to be here. Good. So one of my favorite topics, entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love it because um, it's, it's basically for me, uh, you know, the thing you do when you're not, when you, you're not good at anything else and <laughs> no one will want to employ you. Um, not mm -hmm. true, not true, okay, but no, you, no, no. not true, but you, you, um, it's to me, the definition of entrepreneurship is, is that we make the invisible visible mm -hmm. and that's lovely actually. Yeah. Like and, it. and so, um, it exists in the universal ether mm. and it's up to us to hack in and bring <laughs> it out of that. And, and if we're the, if we're the discoverer, then we potentially could get an, a, um, a royalty from, from discovering that. So from your, all of your research and talking to people and, and knowledge and, uh, and how, uh, how have you found entrepreneurship and, and, and are you, an, I mean, are you an entrepreneur? Have you, have you run your own business? I didn't realize I was, Tony. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, I guess, you see, I worked, my early life was in advertising and then in marketing. Mm -hmm. And so when I was in those industries, it was quite okay to be highly, highly intuitive and go with your gut if you like, and we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, today. But entrepreneurial thinking, yes, absolutely, was very applauded in those industries. And then I went into publishing for a while and then when I came out of all that I went in and started my MBA and thought I'm sitting here with about all the analysis and all the finance and all of which is very necessary however I found a real lack of um, entrepreneurial thinking at that time at universities and you know I really then started to think well what can I do with with all of this and all of my experience and started my, one of my first businesses at that point. And what so was that? I was, that? I was consulting. Do? I was doing a lot of consulting with agencies. For entrepreneurs? For entrepreneurs, small businesses, then a lot in the natural health industry because I'd come out of that publishing in that sort of arena. Right. And uh, from there, I sort of then became very, very interested in what made people tick. And so that was really my, my deep dive was into the world of intuition and how that actually worked. From that led me to entrepreneurship because I found, not surprisingly, that entrepreneurs are highly intuitive and that they're known for following that. So rather than actually just, you know, that yes, we know they're risk takers, we know they're passionate, but more than that, they have a really strong sense of what is going to make a successful business or not. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, we know that there's a high failure rate in entrepreneurial businesses, not just in Australia, everywhere. So then I set out with this latest book to really look at some academic research that had been living, if you like, what I call the dusty shelves of academia about how entrepreneurs actually create their businesses, not from their external perspective, but from that inner perspective of really having that strong intuition and then marrying that with some other attributes, which they were doing on a very subconscious level. I'm going to, thank you, and I'm going to um, give you my little theory on, on intuition. So I'm curious to see how it kind of matches up to someone who's spent obviously many years exploring mm -hmm. that much more than I have. So I like to break up words. Yeah, yes. And, and if, you t if you break the word intuition into two, in 
tuition. And if you look at the word tuition, tuition is like, oh, it's the, how, what, the course, the amount of money that I paid to do that course, or I, mm. I, did, you know, I did my tuition, I paid my tuition. And so it's kind of like for me as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, I've been running my business now for 23 years, mm. is that all the lessons that you have and as a business owner that you pay for mm-hmm. goes into your gut. Ah, okay. Yes, which is where people, that, you know, people yeah. talk about having a gut feel, yes. your intuition, yes. and so to me, intuition is really the course that you have done over the years and the lessons that you took from each incident that then becomes that inner point of reference that you can go. How does it feel? You meet someone new. Do you like them? Do you not like them? Do, uh, you, mm. you hear of a deal coming up. Does it sound like it's going to be okay? Well, you're, you're drawing on all your other experiences. Yes. Um, so as an entrepreneur where I invent things, I make things up, that was my uh, intuition invention. Does there, is there any, um, does that resonate with you with what you've learned or do you feel that there's it e- even deeper than and that? and more. Oh, yeah? There's far more. Go on. So what we, so there's a different bodies of thought around intuition. So I took this deep dive not only from interviewing people for my first book, but also around, again, the academic research. So I've been working with an academic who did the first Masters of Entrepreneurship anywhere in the world, and he had studied this connection between entrepreneurship and intuition. So what he discovered and what I've worked with and discovered in many, many years, because what I do is coach someone and coach organisations in how to have those aha moments. So... And different people have different responses. The point you make about the gut is absolutely correct because now we know a lot more about the brain-gut connection and about the linkage to, say, for example, mental health, illness, you know, stress, depression, all those things. Because the same neural pathway, you know, there's a vagus nerve here between the gut and the brain. Mm-hmm. So the neurons that are in the brain appear also in the gut. There is a direct link. But not only that, more surprisingly, is the heart. And so what I have taken, particularly again with this book, a deep dive into looking at what the heart is about. Now, the heart is a fascinating object in itself, as we know, and so important for our health. But more than that, the heart, for instance, perceives an intuition five to seven seconds before the brain. So the heart has the largest electromagnetic field of any organ in the body. And yes, you're right, in your earlier description when you talk about entrepreneurs have a way of actually accessing what is in that larger field, if you like, that space beyond our human bodies and beyond the earth, really. So they're able to actually connect in with that very, very well. Mm -hmm. Makes sense to me. So from your research and talking to these experts, Mm. is it something that you can... Uh, train yourself to get better and better at absolutely but are you saying both intuition and entrepreneurial thinking or the two are intertwined so so intuition uh, first of all for me entrepreneurship uh, doesn't necessarily mean starting your own business it means Mm. just Mm. doing something new Mm. so exactly a different way of looking at something that's right that's right Or, or even no you're just you're working for a company and you invent a new process or a new way of doing things. To me, that's entrepreneurial. You mm. you see something that didn't exist and you and you made it and real, you, yeah, right? Create so, something. And that's so. Therefore, entrepreneurship doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go out and and start your own company and risk mm. everything. And and therefore, because of that, while you're working for other people, you can build these skills mm. of being entrepreneurial before you start your own company. 
if mm. you, that's something that you want to do, mm. and you can build your intuition. And so, yeah. therefore, the the two are. It's a bit of a symbiotic relationship for me, where um, you can't have one going all the time. Because if all you're doing is trying new things, and I'm going to be entrepreneurial without learning and and reflecting on past experiences and conversations and deals and situations, sure. like the two, it's it's you know, Buckminster Fuller. Unity is plural, minimum two. You can't have mm. day without night. You can't mm. have uh, peace it's without war. In all things. That's yes. right. So yeah. Yeah. so. Is there so as people listen to this? Is there are there daily tools or daily um, tasks or activities that they could do just to strengthen that muscle, as it were? Or, or and it is a muscle. You're absolutely right. right. So just like going to the gym or in your tennis or golf game, mm-hmm. it's a set of muscles. You can improve it. So mm-hmm. absolutely. One of the first things I, I unpack for someone when I work with them is how does your intuition show up for you? And we have dom- a dominant response, I find, with people. So it might be for you, your gut, and men often talk about that. Mm-hmm. For another person, it could be having an itch on the end of a nose, literally. Mm-hmm. Or for another client I had was dreams. So he was getting very, very strong intuitions in dreams, mm-hmm. ignoring it, thinking it's, you know, just processing of the day's events or whatever, but it was far more than that. Mm-hmm. So we actually worked with that and unpacked all of that and then said, okay, how can he use that? Mm-hmm. So he found that a very powerful tool. Do you think just by focusing on it helps in terms of like bringing it more into your into your everyday awareness of mm-hmm. what's going on that you you that's almost the best thing to do? Conscious awareness, absolutely. Mm. I tell people also, particularly in today's environment, to slow down. Because often what we're doing is we're constantly connected to our devices. We're often having them near us the whole day. And we know that, you know, for sleeping, for example, now there's a lot written about how poor sleep quality can be because if you've got blue screens and so on near you, you get too much melatonin and so on. Mm-hmm. So it's about turning off those things. It's about having time and space. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to learn to meditate or do anything like that. For somebody else, it might just be as simple as going to the gym. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing, Tony, is validating that intuition. So saying, okay, what is it? Is it really intuition or is it fear or is it my wishful thinking overriding my intuition? Uh, What is it? So, again, it's unpacking what that is in different situations. So do you think people, from your experience, do you think people um, question or invalidate that? Like it's it's actually happening for them. But it's almost like, oh, it can't be true. Or so, uh-huh. so a lot, a lot of the time, it's it's actually <laughs> yes. in motion. Yeah. But then, because all of a sudden they've they've got cottoned on to the um, that that they're actually making headway on something, or things are starting to come together, that all of a sudden mm. they go, this can't be real, and mm. and therefore they they deflect that. What? Therefore they disconnect almost. So you know the number of times that people have said to me, particularly with the first book I wrote, Intuition on Demand, and the number of times that people ignore it because you've got to think about, you know, we value the logic and the analysis in our society and I'm not saying that's altogether wrong, I'm not saying throw it away, but, you know, we don't value the things like feelings and having those intuitive thoughts. I mean, could you go to your board and say, well, you know, hello, I'm just having a gut feel about this? Not too many CEOs can do that, even though they're having them. So I've worked with CEOs that have said, I just have a really, really bad feeling about this guy I was going to hire, you know, for the board, and his, but his CV looked great, and he said, you know, and then he went back further and found that there was something really, really wrong. So what I also say to people is allow yourself the time to 
acknowledge the intuition and then go looking for the evidence, if you like, to support it. Mm. Whether that's a report. Now, you said earlier to me you worked in recruitment, so you know that's a great area for really working with your intuition, mm-hmm. certainly, knowing what's going on. Certainly meeting people, and yeah. uh, it's a, that's served me very well in terms yeah. of running Booktopia and my previous companies mm. uh, as I brought people on board. Mm. Um, absolutely. So what, what about then, I mean, when I asked the question in terms of them... Uh, almost disbelieving that this is actually real, I can't believe it's happening, mm. and they deflect it. That, to me, sounds a little bit like coming up against their own personal value systems or their yes. beliefs about themselves. So when you do your work, do you actually have to, when you unpack, like, okay, let's work out how your intuition kind mm. of operates, mm. do you actually have to go deeper into value systems and yes. beliefs? Yeah, totally. And to look at attitudes and to, you know, where people have come up with certain ideas in their life and, mm. you know, where they are now. So there are some analysis tools for that. You might be surprised to also know, Tony, that you can measure intuition. So there are tools that have been developed by the Heart Math Institute, which I write about in this book, and within that, you know, they can measure various aspects. So you can measure what they call a state of coherence. So when you're in that coherent state, and it's a very relaxed state and a state of calmness. So it's not that sort of stress and so on. So actually there's an illustration here in the book about how that's expressed and how that shows up. So they have a little monitor. So I've hooked up people like engineers in my programs to this and, you know, had them all looking at, oh, gee, okay, this is what happens. And you can get yourself into a state of coherence simply by spending a few moments focusing, breathing, and perhaps thinking about somebody you love or something you love doing or... Yeah, somebody in your family, that type of thing. So, and you can actually see the change so quickly. So there's, so you talk about tools, life tools in many ways. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's a biofeedback mechanism. So your book that you've written yeah. here, Think Like an Entrepreneur, does that kind of go into those kind of... It does. It, give, give it goes tools? into all of that. In fact, here's this page I was talking to you about. So that's the difference between somebody being frustrated. So that's what it looks like on the actual screen. Okay, I have to describe this you to the listeners. You have to describe this. <laughs> so, so one looks like, I don't know, the stock price of, of, <laughs> a, bad day. of, of a very uh, very dodgy um, gold. You know, it looks like the gold price of the Aussie dollar. Mm-hmm. And the other one looks like you're on a, you're, you're, your heart's being monitored. So mm. frustration Looks like it's the Aussie, mm. Aussie, um, the Aussie dollar, the Aussie dollar sometimes, <laughs> and the other yes. one looks like a very even one, which is appreciation. I think uh, yeah. you get you have to buy the book, guys, just so you can you know get a you better look idea. At the of, Heart Math website too. Yeah. So what that's measuring, Tony, is not measuring heart rate; it's measuring heart rate variability. So it's the beat to beat. Mm-hmm. So now with all the new um, devices that we've got, wearables, you can actually measure heart rate variability as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I see. Yeah, so it's very interesting. So, but not quite expressed in this way. This is a specific tool that they have as a monitor that you can link up people. So this and you can train yourself, therefore, to become consistently more coherent. Right. Yeah? So if you think about, in terms of what we know about neuroscience, just on that point, you know, we can change ourselves, our beliefs and attitudes, and how we go about our life just purely by creating new neural pathways. Mm-hmm. And so that's something we're doing all the time. How long have you been studying this subject matter then? Well, uh, about 20 years. Right. In terms of this deep dive into yeah. these topics, yeah, yes, and working in this arena. Um, prior to that, I've been studying, I think I studied reading psychology books when I was 16. Right, so. okay. <laughs> well, it's only 21 years ago. 21 years. Yeah. Um, and then when I started, I actually started meditating when I was about 23. Right. So... 
And that's a daily practice for me. Is that's that right? really, really important. Do you do that in the morning or the night? Or morning, the... sometimes night, depending. Right, okay, that's interesting. But every morning, certainly sometime. And you can meditate just simply by, it's not necessarily sitting there with a you know, chair, legs crossed, whatever. You can also meditate going for a walk. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, just really by focusing, being present. Yeah, that's what I do. Really moving powerful. meditation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the question I was thinking of in terms of uh, the the twenty odd years, mm. have you? And uh, I guess they talked about entrepreneurs twenty years ago. Mm. Um, I was an entrepreneur twenty years ago, twenty three years ago. So, so, and not that I really thought about it then. But have you seen much? change in terms of uh, the way um, the the researchers or the any evidence is there are we better informed today about it or is it still the same old like I mean entrepreneurship mm. is like I don't know, 10,000 years old whenever mm. we first started trading with uh, with shells sure so mm. it, it's always there's it's been around and people selling and coming up with a business or an idea or trying to conquer a country whatever they the lemonade stand you know yeah, as a kid that's know? right absolutely lemonade stands is a, is a perfect one what what um, have you is it the same old same old or in terms of at the end of the day there's these fundamentals or is it are we are we evolving in terms of how how it works with tech tech and and the speed mm-hmm. of of society today? Yeah, let me answer that in two ways. So, um, taking that latter point, I think there's a lot of talk about startups, and there's a lot of you know emphasis on speed and founders and raising capital and all those types of things that you and I have seen all the various conferences and so on and going to the startup spaces. I've been hanging around a lot in the last couple of years in those spaces and listening to and talking to those founders and some of which, you know, is working towards success that may be taking longer than they initially thought. So, yeah, and now there's some conversation about self-care and how important that is because this whole thing about working 24-7, pushing through, being revered, is the actual way to kill your intuition. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. But um, And is there more information about entrepreneurs? Yes. And is it a respected profession? Possibly if you're a Branson or, you know, the guy's a Lassian, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's well understood by the general public. Do you think for those think so. for those that aren't entrepreneurs or don't or don't call themselves entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and even though I said I believe everyone is an entrepreneur, but for yeah. those that go, oh no, that's not me. Yeah. Do they do they have general respect or do they admiration? Do they have um, do they do they despise? Is there any negative? Um, I don't think there's negative. I just don't think there's a great understanding about the space. I guess the space may be more confused and this is, I hadn't really thought about this until now. The space may be a bit more confused by startups and all of the emphasis on, you know, capitalization and and success in that way. Do, do you know what the where the word entrepreneur comes from? It's a French word, and you and I had this conversation. But okay. uh, to undertake is what it actually means. So it's, um, But you had a different explanation. Yes. The one that I was told, yeah. entree, enter, mm. to enter, mm. and take, entrepreneur. So mm. it's to enter and take, and that's why when I talk about mm. hacking mm. Uh, the universal database, mm. it's a bit like that. It's to enter into that, that ether yeah. and then pull it out. And, pull it out. and your one is... 
to undertake. To undertake. So it could be just undertaking, as you said earlier, looking at an existing business and mm-hmm. finding an entrepreneurial way to shift, you know, a, a market, to find a new market, to launch a new product. Mm-hmm. It's not about brand new, new, mm-hmm. you know. So um, if I may just talk for a minute about that whole thing about you asked earlier about thinking about what is it that, you know, I tell people to do around being more intuitive and therefore more entrepreneurial. The first thing I say is, again, don't push, don't push through. Take regular breaks, you know. There's some research, fascinating research, that they did years and years ago in the US when they had a lot of spacecraft going to the moon and all that, about um, how the astronauts were actually able to work, you know, when they were out of gravity. So what they discovered was that there was such a thing as not, not a circadian cycle, an ultradian cycle. And what that means is that every 90 minutes to two hours, the body goes into a natural rest and repair rhythm. And it's in that slump, if you like, called the Alteradian slump, that the home of intuition and creativity is. Mm. So you can take advantage of that. And each one of us are actually uh, unique because it depends on what time you got up and all of that sort of thing. So, so you'll find you'll have perhaps a slump and often people push through, go and get a cup of coffee, go and get a cup of tea, um, or you know, just push through anyway, and then they'll suffer for it. And the better thing to do would be take a break, take a walk around the block or go and do some yoga or even have a power nap for 20 minutes and then come back and you'll be much more refreshed Mm. and more creative. Well, that's a great segue into we're about to take a break because we've come to the end of the first (laughs) session. So uh, thank you, Jay Mara, and we will take a break and we'll we'll see you back at at the next session. Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.